Well, today is a, um, a special Sunday in the church capital C, and it's uh, one that we celebrate um, as what we call All Saints Day. And it's a day that, that we uh, recognize the, the work of God in the lives of others who have died this past year. Um, and we recognize the significance of what God did in their lives in, into our lives as well. So a little bit later, as we transition into the sacrament time uh, for communion, we're also going to uh, be reading the names and, and lighting a candle on behalf of uh, every one of those persons. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a great week. Uh, staff and I, um, uh, many of us in the staff, we went to Orlando to a, a conference called Deep and Wide, and uh, it was really great to be around other Christian leaders and um, just to be energized for uh, about five, six hours together, and, and then to travel back in the car, and we're going to continue a conversation this coming week of just some of those experiences. And what we were dealing with in that conference was like what we've been talking about here uh, in church, is, is trying to help us understand how to navigate the future, how to um, see that the church uh, it has a message that doesn't change, but the world around us is changing. So how are we as 21st century Christians going to be promoters of our faith? And uh, so I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks we'll, we'll be able to translate uh, some of that into some great, uh, great practice for, for all of us. Um, all of us at some point, I think, have probably had something happen in our life that just changed it forever. Would you agree with that? that there's probably an event that's happened in your life that, uh, um, that changed it forever. I was uh, reminiscing a little bit about some events, and, and I thought about, you know, when you get married, if you've ever been married, and, and if you're, you know, happily married, and, and you, you kind of remember back to that day that you stand at the uh, altar, and you take those vows, and, and you say, you know, I'll love, honor, and cherish, and, and sickness, and health, and forsaking all others, keep only unto this one person for the rest of our lives. And that's a huge event um, that, that changes lives. Um, if you've ever had children, that's a life-changing event, isn't it? You know, so, so we go through the, the cute stages of little kids, toddlers, and all that. Then we get into kind of the, 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 the stage that, that uh, tests our patience, the middle school age. I don't need to talk much more about that. And then we get into uh, high school and then adults. And, and, and so having children is an event that, that can change our lives. Uh, Patty and I, not long ago, were having a very spirited conversation. Uh, that's a code word for you know what. And... Uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it was about a couch that we wanted to buy and um, the color. And I was just excited that after this spirited conversation that, that I actually, after 33 plus years of marriage, I actually won one. <laughs> you know? So she, yeah, you can applaud. That's great. Yeah. Only, the guys are up here going and the women are going. So, uh, but you know, she, what she said to me uh, in, in the midst of that, she said, uh, okay, Bob, you're right but that's the wrong answer. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so talking about these things, I was um, thinking about some events in my life, and it was kind of interesting because it plays into what today represents in All Saints Day. Uh, the first event that changed my life um, happened just a couple of years after I graduated high school. I worked in uh, a sporting goods store in the mall, and one of my football buddies, Clayton, came to me. He was, uh, played tackle on the other side. I was a right guard. He was a left tackle. We played sports all through middle school or junior high back then, high school. We had known each other for years. And uh, he came to me one day and uh, met in the store, and I was just excited to see him because I had uh, kind of lost contact with him over a couple of years. And he looks me in the face, and he says, Bob, I'm dying. I have cancer. 
And you know, when you're 19 years old, I don't know that you have the right words. I don't know if you have the right words at 55 years old when someone comes and, and places that on you. And, and I remember that I just kind of just sat there or stood there and I just looked at him. I didn't know what to say. And I just uh, like, oh, okay. Um, and then we chatted for a little bit, then he left. Well, a couple of weeks later, uh, two of my other friends from school, Susie and Sherry, bumped into me at the mall again. And they were saying to me, we can't believe that you weren't at Clayton's funeral. And I, I said, I didn't even know he had died. I, I didn't know this was like a short-term thing. And um, so, so that was an event that really, really rocked my world. And, you know, that's 36 years ago. And, and I still go back and I think a lot about that, of, of some of the, the challenges that, that, that came from that. But when I put myself back into that point, I, I wonder, why did that really rattle me so much at the age of 19? And then I started thinking about it. It had nothing to do with my age, uh, physically, but it had a lot to do with my age as a believer. Um, I wasn't a believer, uh, much of a believer back then. I mean, I went to you know church when I was a kid, and and you know kind of went through all the motions. But then um, in high school, my senior year, I actually uh, had an opportunity to meet a a beautiful young girl with um, green eyes that just always captivates me even through today. And back then, she had the Farrah Fawcett, you know, flippy hair and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, as we started dating and and into college and other things, uh, we kind of came to that crossroads in a relationship where okay, is this going to continue to be a boyfriend girlfriend thing? or is there something more, you know? At least that's how she put it to me. And um, so, so I, so I kind of got to that point, and, 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 and so I'm like, well, look, you, you got all this. And, uh, and she's like, no, no, Bob, seriously, um, is there more? Because you're gonna have to change. And you can't carry around the ax handle in the back of your car anymore, and you can't do all the things that, you know, you do. And, 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 this, and Jesus, Jesus needs to be in your life. And I tell you, you know, uh, I always tell people, you know, my wife is responsible for me reconnecting with God. Uh, my wife is responsible for me uh, in this vocation that I'm in. Not that she chose this vocation for me, but, but because of what she poured into me early on in my life led to this. Uh, so if you don't like me or what I do, blame her. And um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness. So, so, so it was this whole thing. So, so as I'm looking at this, I, I began to really realize the significance of, of what comes from that. So, so it wasn't that something needed to change in my life. It was someone, and that someone was me. I had to change. I had to change with who I was. So getting to know Jesus was probably the great, well, not probably, was the greatest event ever in my life. Um, and being a person who is growing in faith every day. And I'm 55 years old and, and, and I'm still growing in Christ. I don't have it all figured out, but I know that God has it figured out, amen? And God loves me and God loves you. And when we don't have answers to those questions, when we're not sure of, of what's happening or what's going on, or when those events in life come and just rock us entirely and just knocks us off keel, God is still large and in charge and God is fully present. The second event that um, changed my life in a very impactful way, again, was a death situation. It was the death of our granddaughter um, back in 2013 when Gracie was born. Uh, she died at birth. And um, that, that was a very painful time in our life. And, and I'm, a, I'm a believer, I'm a pastor, and, and uh, you know, I've raised our children, we're raising grandchildren, and, and, and this significant event happens in our lives. And I remember that, that it's never easy uh, to go as a pastor or a person and talk to someone like a parent 
uh, whose child has just died. That's never an easy thing because I don't know that you ever find the words for that. Now think about it, that, that here I was, not only that, but I'm trying to find the words to, to talk to the family that's the pastor's family. And the words didn't come. But what I come to understand is that what changed in those situations what changed in Clayton's life and my experience with that, and what changed in the life of what with Gracie and all, the significance was, was I was a believer later in life. And that gave me an opportunity to look at death so much more differently. Um, death is one of those very mysterious things, isn't it? It's, um, you know, uh, death is kind of one of those things where you, you can look at it and you can say, okay, um, you know, someone dies, they go in a box, they go on the ground, the, the hole is filled up, the family fights over what remnants are left of their life, uh, finite, final, done. I mean, that's, that's one way to look at it. But as believers, we don't look at it that way, do we? Because we see something far greater than the finality of, of what happens. In fact, we see as believers, we see death not as the end, but we see death as the beginning. In fact, we not only see it as the beginning, we see it as the continuation. It's the continuum. And, and what we learn in that is through the character of Jesus. And Jesus had a lot to say about death. And we learn that death leads to life. So, so what is it that scares us so much about death? Um, I've wrestled with that question. Maybe you have. Uh, I've wrestled with that question with families as I've uh, prayed with them and talked with them. Um, what is it about death that scares us? Uh, what I come to understand is for most of us is that, that we're gonna miss the, our loved ones when they die. You know, my mom has a great fear and her fear is that when she dies, she's gonna miss us. And I try to say to her, mom, you know, you're, you're gonna be with Jesus and, and everything will be complete. And, and yes, we'll mourn that you're not here, but, we'll, but we know that, that you're with God and, and we'll, get, we'll get through that. And um, so sometimes it's, you know, um, maybe it's things that we've left unsaid. You know, maybe every day we need to live our life uh, in a forgiving nature, that instead of you know, letting life continue on and we've got unfinished business, you know, Peter had some unfinished business with Jesus, didn't he? And it wasn't until Jesus cooked that Cracker Barrel uh, Uncle Fester breakfast, Uncle Fester, that's another, uh, Uncle Herschel breakfast, uh, Uncle Fester, where was that? Uh, but Uncle, Uncle Herschel breakfast, that Jesus asked him that question, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? And Peter is restored. So sometimes we, we, we fear death because we have unfinished business. Sometimes, uh, so, so maybe every day we need to be living our life um, acting out into offering and accepting forgiveness of one another. Maybe every day we need to be uh, helping others know that we love them, that we care about them. Maybe every day is a day that we need to be high-fiving, that we're together in this moment, at this time, and at this place, and we are enjoying and, and really at peace with, with who we are um, with one another. You know, Paul is a, is a great person um, who, who really is responsible for so much of our Christian faith. In fact, if you, if you think about it, Paul, Paul's letters not only started churches, but Paul's letters, um, what they actually did also was they encouraged churches. But one thing that we know about Paul was he was constantly thrown into prison. We know that people were constantly trying to murder him, trying to kill him. We know that he uh, was stoned at one time. We know that he was wounded at other times. He was constantly on the run. So, so Paul lived a very, uh, a very difficult life. And Paul lived in the time as well where Christians were being killed because they believed in Jesus. So imagine, I can't even imagine, but imagine that that's the time that we lived in today. What would we do about that? But Paul, Paul became that pillar of faith. 
And Paul began to, to help us to understand through his letters what that means. That in the midst of the wheels falling off the bus with life and all those things, what that really means to hold on to the promises and truth of God. And here, here's what he writes. He says, let me tell you something wonderful, a mystery that I'll probably never fully understand. If, if, you've ever, if you've ever sweated it that you've got to figure the Bible out, that ought to give you encouragement right there. There are things that we'll never fully understand. But there's something about continuing with that journey. He said, we're not all going to die, but we're all going to be, what's the word he says here, changed. So what we learn is that at the time of death, something happens. We are changed. And, and you know, what we can think about is, as Christians, we're taught that uh, we, we believe that we have a soul. We have that, that unique I identity, that unique peace that separates us from all other aspects of creation, that God places a soul in each one of us as men and women. So Paul says that, that, that we're gonna be changed. And what he's talking about is, is he's trying to help us understand that, that it's not that the body comes back to life, but it's the stuff that can't change that comes back to life. Our bodies will decay, they'll go on the ground, they'll, they'll, they'll die. But Paul says here, everything perishable taken off the shelves and replaced by the imperishable. This mortal replaced by the immortal. And then he says this, this is really important. He says, death swallowed by triumphant life. Death is swallowed. When you swallow something, you, you kind of annihilate it, right? You, you get rid of it. Death is swallowed up triumphantly in life. Who got the last word, O oh death? O oh death, who's afraid of you now? It was sin that made death so frightening and law code guilt that gave sin its leverage, its destructive power. But listen to this. But now in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, and death, all of those are gone because of Jesus Christ. Folks, isn't that powerful? That all the things that we worry about, all those things that, that we're not sure about, that the promise is that they all go away because of Jesus. And that we have hope that comes after that. God is saying in these words through Paul that God has victory over death. God remains sovereign. God remains on the throne. God remains committed. God remains in covenant. Nothing about God will ever change. And what God is about is truth. And that's the lesson that, that we learn here. And that was the difference that I saw in my life that, that when, when Clayton died and I didn't really understand this stuff about Jesus. That's when, that's when I couldn't really understand or pull it together. But whenever I am reminded as a person of faith, yes, I have tears. Yes, I miss our granddaughter. Yes, I think often about what could have been in her life but will never be. I, I think through all those things. I'm human, you do too. But the foundation is what keeps me embedded. And that's Jesus. And that's the understanding that Jesus conquered death. John um, was, was uh, John labeled himself as like Jesus's uh, BFF, okay? And um, in fact, uh, John would probably be the author of these bumper stickers I see running around on cars now. 
Jesus loves you, but he loves me more. You know? So John always said to people you know, that he was the favorite of, of Jesus's. And, and so, so here's a guy who, who knows Jesus, who walked with him, who saw the miracles, who was there at the last person with Jesus' mother to see him die on the cross. He knows he's dead. And with Peter goes in the morning of Easter and sees that the tomb is empty. And John goes inside and, and holds the grave clothes and says, where is he? And then those images of the angels and, and beings come and say, why are you looking for him here? He did exactly what he told you he would do. He has risen. So John is, is, is trying to think of what can I leave as a legacy to Christians? He is the only disciple that did not die a horrible death. He's the only one that died an old man. He died in an exile in Patmos. And John's thinking about what can I do to leave a legacy? And John is thinking about what I've got to tell people is that no matter what, when they're afraid, when they're unsure, when they're struggling, that God is real. And here's what, here's what he writes. He says this. He said, I saw heaven and earth new created, gone the first heaven, gone the first earth, gone the sea. I saw holy Jerusalem new created, descending resplendent out of heaven, as ready for God as a bride for her husband. Now, look at that imagery. You know, if you've ever been a bride on your wedding day, aren't brides, aren't, they're supposed to be joyful, and they are joyful, they're excited, and, and, and they always want, and I always tell the grooms, you know, when, when your bride comes down the aisle, you know, I want you to think about what comes to your mind when those doors open and you see, when you see it for the first time. So, so he talks about, he says, there's, uh, he says that I heard a voice thunder from the throne. Look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood, making his home with men and women. God is very personal. God is like with us, not some distant deity, but God is like in the recliner sitting next to us watching football kind of stuff. He says that, um, he said he's making his home with men and women. They're his people. He's their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death is gone for good. Tears gone, crying gone, pain gone, all the first order of things gone. At a point in time in all of our lives, we die. At a point in all of our lives, our flesh just can't continue. And this is the promise that John is reminding us of. That that day will come, not only for the one who is, who is struggling through death physically, but also those of us who are left behind, those of us who are left to continue the legacy, to continue to, to nurture the, the quest of our loved one for, that our tears ultimately will be wiped away and that we will begin to work through the pain and we will continue to be at a time of, of understanding. In just a few moments, we're gonna um, read the names of the individuals uh, who, who have died in the last year. And I want you to think about the impact that they had on your life. But more importantly, I want you to think about how much God loves you because God placed them in your life. You know, it, it may not be a family member, but maybe it's somebody that you knew through this church. And because of their witness, because of their love for Jesus, because of who they were, that you became a better person. And that's why we call them saints. A little boy was in church one day and he was sitting there and, and it was early in the morning and the sun was peering through and it was one of those churches that, that had lots of stained glass windows. If you've ever been in a church of stained glass windows, they're magnificent. 
And um, there were picture or stained glass windows of, of individuals all through this church. And the light was shining through and it was putting the stark colors on the, on the floor of the church. And, and you could see the person that was in the stained glass window. And the little boy was excited about that. And he said to his, he said to his mom, he says, what, who, who are these people? And, and she's naming, she says, well, that's St. Matthew and that's St. Mark and that's St. Luke. And, and so he's like looking at this light coming through and he's seeing them there. Well, he goes to Sunday school after church and his teacher asks a very important question. Who knows what a saint is? And he raises his hand and he's excited. He says, I do, and she calls on him. And he says, a saint is, is a person that God's light shines through. Folks, that's what it is. Because of God's love for us, his light has shined through. It has shone through all these people that we know. And God's light will continue to shine through us. So in those moments when we're concerned or, or afraid of death, God encourages us. In fact, Jesus um, said some very powerful words well. He said, don't let this throw you. So when, you, when you're getting in this time of wondering about death or when a loved one has died, he says, don't you trust God? He says, trust me. He said, there's plenty of room for you in my father's home. And if it weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to go make a room ready? And if I'm on the way to get your room ready, then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna come get you, he says. And you're gonna live where I live. And are you ready to know the road that I'm taking? That's the personal piece here. You can go to the columbarium, you can go to the cemetery, you can go wherever and stand there and pray and remember your loved one. But folks, they're not there. Jesus said, today you're with me in paradise. God has not left you orphaned. God continues to be your strength. Oh, death, where is your sting? Jesus Christ has taken it away.